Hello, Cock and Bond listeners, and welcome back to Podcast 33. I've got a few extra numbers in the room this week, so we're all scattered around the table talking, but last week we talked about our long term, um, and this, today we're actually going to talk about different generations and the way that we, uh, we spend in our lifestyle, um, discretionary spending and also savings, but the way that we sort of put those in towards our financial plan. So I'm actually going to hand over to Josh, the youngest one in the room, and we'll work all the way up to the oldest, and he's giving me oh, a few oh, duties. Mature. Wisest? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say wisest. Oh, so he's becoming my favourite son all of a sudden, isn't he? But I'll, um, I'll hand it over to Josh. Josh, let's, let's talk about sort of where your life stage is up to, um, and I guess what you value in your lifestyle as well, um, where you might spend some money that you see fit and where you also look to save, um, yep. but how you go about your sort of spendings. Yeah. Yep. First of all, about to turn twenty-three next week. Next week it is. Yes, yeah, so into November, so it's growing up. Yeah, growing up quick. Mm. Um, so back to the spending, I guess. I spend my money where I see value that it adds to my life, such as happiness and mental health. So Nando's, Nando's, <laughs> McDonald's, KFC, spending the friends, you know, all the priorities in life. So I do all that. Uh, keeping. Hold on, this, 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 this could go into there. At yeah. the last conversation series, I actually did the numbers based on $3,160 of discretionary spending at Nando's on an <laughs> annual basis. <laughs> and if you were to invest that, Josh, for 22 years and then cut it off to age 65, you would have an extra $2 million. I think it was about that. You see, but the thing is, I've gone from eating it five days a week to one to four nights. So okay. it's okay. <laughs> okay. That's fine. I've cut back on it a little bit. So. Okay. I guess my main priority is besides that, saving my money in growth assets. So not necessarily just your bank account. I've actually got quite a good portfolio now um, that's full of shares, ETFs, managed funds, uh, cash, bonds, all that sort of stuff. And I guess the idea of that is just compound interest. So, you know, it might be worth 25 today, but by the time I'm 40, hopefully that's, you know, plus 100,000. So I guess that's the idea behind investing. Josh, you, you also borrowed money against your own savings to actually invest as well. Yeah, what, I did. What yep. was one of your thought reasons of borrowing to invest to repay rather than just saving on a monthly basis? Well, the thought process to that was if I borrow the money, I'm forced to repay that every month. Otherwise, they sell down the investment, whereas saving you know, the 400 bucks a month might not necessarily be the easiest thing for most people, especially me. So instead of putting that money away in a bank account to not touch for, you know, the next two years, decided just to go to NAB, knock on the door and borrow the funds. So locked it in that I, way. I think, I think in saying that it takes away that, that process of uh, when you come to saving sometimes, and I was definitely guilty of it, that, you know, you might have a budget and you're thinking, okay, I've got to save this 400 this month, but if something comes up or a new event exactly. or you want to go to something, yeah. you say, look, can't do it this month, I'll exactly. spend that money, next month I'll make it up. And then what happens is another event comes up and all of a sudden, okay, look, I've missed it again, doesn't matter, I can catch up on that. And, and exactly. it never happens where yeah. if it's that forced savings and forced investment, um, you have to pay it. Do you? you have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> in, saying, in, saying, no in saying that, though, you do you do have a you know a good social life. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah. So yeah. it's the only time I ever get to see you here is at work. So your social <laughs> life isn't that bad. But exactly. as an example, you have got a four day weekend coming up with a bunch of friends. Yeah, a group, How is this group of you going away? So yep. it's not it's not as if you forsake like on happiness or spend don't do money and, and I'm a tight ass or anything <laughs> like that. Oh, no, you're not tight. Uh, so I'm a little. <laughs> 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 Runs in the family, though. <laughs> we're about, we're yeah. going to do 
we're going to do a budgeting podcast and we think that uh, Josh is going to run that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you need a budget, come to me. He'll, he'll run it down to the cent, I can assure you. So it's, uh, yeah, so, but, yeah. Yeah, no, but also too, I mean, you're, are you saving for any set things or for retirement or anything like that? Or your retirement's pretty set? I mean, what are your thoughts? Um, so I save for the three things, uh, emergency funds. So if I need to go to the doctor or something like that, I'm actually saving for a house and I'm also saving for my next car. So those are the three things on the agenda at the moment. Where's the next car, you? Next car is due. Well, it depends if I lost my license or not the other day. So, Ooh. yeah, um, if I lost the license, it might have to be another year before <laughs> I get a new car. But, yeah. That, that says you should be looking at yeah. That's a story for another time. Watching Tony Keir out the window <laughs> thinking... Um, on this, Josh got to put his peak plates up uh, yeah. in the car and then rock, managed to rock up to the next work complaining that he might have lost his license without his peak plates on the car still. <laughs> <laughs> I did Listen, I did go next to the service station and buy him a set of peak plates and make sure he put them on. And see, that's a smart way to save That's a smart way to save money. Make Dad pay for the peak plates. <laughs> <laughs> make Dad pay for overseas trips. <laughs> 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 but no, that was a family holiday. No, yeah. But no, let's keep moving on, I guess. Um, well, no, let's go to the next person, Jamie, in age group here, and that's you. Um, so you're next in line. You're in your going on towards your later 20s now. Yeah, still yes. in your 20s. You're still in your 20s. You're just in there. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, you have been dating the long-suffering Jess for a decade now <laughs> so it's um, so I don't know how she's put up with you for that long so it's um, you you um, though have gone from the two of you having a good life both of you work no children no mortgage three overseas trips in one year um, enjoying life to the fullest um, you you've got what you've got a very active social life as well um, we all know that, so a good group of friends as well. But basically, in the last several months, you've now gone and joined the world of debt and got you bought your first place with Jess and have a mortgage. And now, all of a sudden, there are different priorities. And even though you don't have children, there are different priorities in your life going forward. So, how are you finding the change of lifestyle uh, based on where you are now? Yeah, look, I think going back to maybe Josh's age and thing, we sort of made a conscious decision to make, sort of put money towards lifestyle um, as well, as we, we always knew that savings was important and we, we have followed a savings plan. But I guess sometimes we, where Josh was saying he's forced savings, we probably didn't do that well enough. Um, and, and looking at investments from a young age in a more open way to say, you know, I guess going through university those times, it's harder to put away money. Um, but you know, we saved money and spent on lifestyle, so we always we always planned to do that. Um, so that went to plan, as we've as you said, we've had a few holidays, another one coming up. So after that, I think we need to slow down a little bit. Um, but yeah, was that was that a comment to Jess? Was it? No, <laughs> think to myself maybe as well. But look, yeah, um, we've bought our first property, and to us. We've been out of home, Jess, since 18, me since 1920, um, paying rent. So the, the change to a mortgage has been gradual anyway. Um, I guess we started with the long share houses and then sort of went into our, ourselves just renting ourselves. So the, the jump in mortgage wasn't great. Um, but yeah, it has been a change. And I guess the, the thing that stung me the most and the thing that I probably I was aware of, but I think sometimes it goes to the back of your mind is the different bills that come with owning a home. Um, and with preparing for this next holiday, I've just been slapped with about another three bills that I wasn't expecting. So um, that's been that's probably been the biggest change. And so you know, talking in, rates in, and- In your experience in the last 12 months, would you say that 
renting's more cost effective than having your own property yeah. in your circumstances. Yeah, so I, like, I guess you know everyone always says you know it's great having your own place and things like <laughs> that, but I, sometimes I don't I don't think renting's a bad thing. Mm. Um, and I've made that pretty clear to friends as well. Um, it, it allows you to move allows you to put investments other way um you can still save it yeah look we are we are spending obviously more on our mortgage and things now but yeah those unexpected bills of body corporate your fees your rates um you know water connections and things like that um and if something's to go wrong it's it's up to me now to pay for that mm. so you know savings wise if money's being geared elsewhere then you know i don't find renting a bad thing and growth assets are gross growth assets yeah. are it's interesting day. you say that because i had this conversation with josh and you know, he's talking about buying his first place and i said well you know if i was you i'm not you do what you want but if i was you you know like i know paul did this is buy your place you know buy yourself a two or three bedroom apartment and rent it out and you know, still live at home. And I'm not, I'm not Greek, so I'm not being the Greek dad saying, "Why do you want to leave me?" <laughs> you know, but it's um, but or if you buy a three bedroom place, you know, you live in one and you rent out the other two bedrooms. You actually have other people helping you out, unless yeah. of course you know you're you're not in a ten year relationship. Yeah. So it's um, don't even know if you're in a relationship. Yeah, <laughs> so it's uh, but yeah. the. The thing is, though, is I was saying, well, you've actually still got the investment component then. You're actually renting out a couple of rooms. Uh, and so whilst you are still young yeah. and you actually paid off because, you know, there's nothing wrong with your, your monthly expenses mightn't have necessarily increased, Jamie, by now having the mortgage uh, besides those unexpected bills that come in. But you have got an asset that, are, you know, over the next you know, one, two, three decades is going up in value as well. So. Yeah, and we're obviously geared. That's obviously geared. Um, yeah, I didn't yeah. pay that in cash. So, <laughs> <laughs> but no, look, and that has been, you know, we've sort of made those decisions at different times. But uh, yeah, as I said, you know, if money's being put elsewhere um, and savings are still happening, then then that probably doesn't have to be an end. Or we were ready to buy our first one, so that's why we sort of moved down that process and. I guess I had to sell some shares that I was doing absolutely terribly on and then, <laughs> and, the then and then the next day jumped up on me. So um, I think I might stick with you our I think I'm gonna stick with have your resources anymore either. Yeah, I think I might <laughs> I think I might stick with our portfolios from now on. Um, I think a bit more research goes into them than me than me playing around sometimes. Yeah, so that's called gambling, Jamie. It's not yeah. investing. So, so. But I guess the uh, other person we've got in the room, Paul. So we'll move on to you. Different scenario for Paul. He's Much in his different. Mid 30s now. Um, he's, he's done what Josh has spoken about of buying an investment property as a young bachelor and living at home. Were you living at home with mum and dad then? I was 19 when I was forcibly told that I would be acquiring an investment the, property. The, awesome. and I, the <laughs> wonderful upbringing of a good Italian family. I, I detested that day that my father told me that I had a large loan that was. Probably about only, only about 140 grand back then. Um, it's about six times that now. Um, <laughs> and um, it took me a, a bit of fast forward. Actually, you know what? Like in my mid 30s, I've now got stories to tell. That's what I find. I can say that back in my day, this is what I did, and and. and Stop complaining because I had it tough. Well, I think, I think we should stop complaining about what Rob made you do and say thank you for making me do oh, that, no, Rob. It, it took me, I was going to say, well, because you're in a different, well, you're, you're in that position which is different than Josh and Jamie because you're still in your mid 30s, you're young, you're on Katie, uh, but you have a two and a half year yeah. old Lucy, uh, the gorgeous Lucy. So your discretionary spend, it's not just you and Katie paying a mortgage, your discretionary spending, especially when Katie was on maternity leave, that that is all of a sudden very strict. Yeah, I, I think 
To go back to that original point, um, the most important aspect of that, to, to focus on what Joshi said as well, is if you've got a mandated bill that has to be paid on a monthly basis, you'll work to that. And I can attest that over the last 15, 16 years that I've done that, um, it has worked. And it puts you in a good stead that now I'm able to fix my budget and I can work within my own means. And if those within those means do change, which they certainly have, um, you adapt to it uh, because there's a new component to your lifestyle and there's a new obligation. Um, so, yeah, my as we said earlier, my discretionary spending is, is on, on Lucy. I don't really sort of take out much at, at, at this point in time because that's my joy. Um, I've noticed since Lucy arrived, he doesn't buy as many new business shirts. Have uh, you noticed that? They're all, they're all white. They're all white. <laughs> Inside, outside, back to front. <laughs> I, think that, I think what you said, though, is important. Then. It's about, like, I guess, when that fixed cost, if, if it does increase, mm. it, it's about looking back and saying, okay, well, now I've got to make adjustments. And, and that's yeah. probably what I found as well, is, yeah. is when I was at a point where there was no fixed cost, there's no bills, there's nothing... I, I could find money to spend anyway. Exactly. Um, you make an excuse to spend money. Yeah, and, and you know, money would obviously get put away, but you know, if there's that forced savings or I need money needs to be put there, you can make those adjustments. And and, and with that inc increases of rent, I was talking about going from share houses of six, seven people down to living by ourselves. The more you know, that seemed always seemed like a big jump at the time, but it was always able to be figured out, and, and it didn't seem like that much in the end. And lucky, lucky, I got a few pay rises in between. Yeah. <laughs> you have. So it's so uh, it's, uh, it's uh, the yeah. eye flicker there. Yeah. <laughs> the audience can't see yeah. that. <laughs> well deserved. Though. But, yeah, yeah, well deserved. But let's let's move on to as Josh said, the wisest in the room, Tony. Yes, wise and mature oh, is, yeah. is is a great way of. Yeah. Old is a it's a disgusting word, isn't it? Oh, listen, my father was old at forty. I look at myself as fifty, <laughs> and I think I, I still think I'm twenty-two. So it's, uh, it's just a, it's a bit hard to think you're twenty-two and you have a twenty-three-year-old son. So it's, um, but I guess what we've talked about now, different experiences and the way we've sort of were you similar or what have you seen? Um, probably one of the differences is for me is that I've been virtually self-employed my whole life. So. I was a self-employed self professional triathlete, which basically just meant that I was skinny, muscular and broke. Uh, but I got to travel the world on other people's coin, you know, winning a bit of prize money here and there to be able to survive. Um, I did work part-time in a bar. Um, I did work at Drake Personnel for 12 months uh, as a full-time employee, as a 17-year-old kid. Um, but besides that, I've pretty much always been self-employed. So my discretionary spending could vary um, on a month-to-month, year-to-year basis. It was um, one of the things that did though was I had to pay board when I was a kid at home. I don't know if any, I know you didn't. What's board? <laughs> so, so, so I don't know if you two did, but mm. uh, yeah, I, uh, mm. I made it well and clear. I was yeah very clear in that I'll never pay to live in my own home. And my father, but it wasn't, made, but it wasn't my, your home. My father made it very clear that it wasn't my home. But <laughs> so that's you left under the scenes. <laughs> so you know, yep. if you're a squatter and you've been there for how many years? So I, I've been there for fifteen. I've been there for about fifteen years as a squatter. So I should have to pay that board. No, I tell you what, I, I agree with Dav there. He should, have, he should have been judging. Your mum's too soft on you, aren't you? Can't. <laughs> so it's, um, but I, I think though. 
So for me, budgeting it was always different. It was because I was the biggest part of the budget for me was budgeting the business expenses. So and it's, it's no different now, especially as we grow and buy other businesses and take on debt, and and you know our expenses, you know, have gone up considerably as a result. So we we budget extremely. Well, we're very strict on our budget in here. Uh, in respect to you know even with you what can be spent on new offices and things like that as well so we don't have the discretionary spending power within the business so we know that you know our expenses if our expenses are a couple of million bucks just to open up the doors to be able to service our clients uh, we know what that is so and obviously there's as per we grow there's you know, I can't keep you on the same wage that I had you on four years ago, or you know, or Josh and said, "Go, I wish I could keep you on the same wage as I had you." <laughs> you know, you're like slave labour at one stage. It was wonderful. <laughs> so, I paid for his school fees. I still am paying for his education fees. So it's, um, but I, I think so. Very, very strict in that budget. But in regards to my own personal and discretionary spending, um, as per you know, having two adult children who are twenty and twenty-three. Um, there's no spending on education anymore, no spending on school fees anymore. There's, um, I've always enjoyed toys, predominantly cars. Um, I've probably wasted money. I wouldn't say spent money. I can certainly say some wasted some money on some really nice fast cars. But they were great experiences. They were wonderful experiences. Exactly. So it's, um, exactly. yeah, they were. I, I enjoyed them. I, I still have a couple of my favourites. But it's, so I, I have spent, and you know, it's interesting how the cars have changed when the kids came along. Uh, they went from, you know, really fast supercars down to more conservative five series four doors or four wheel drive. So they certainly change as the kids came along and I still like to spend on that. But circumstances are different now. So in regards to not having debt anymore, not having to not having to pay for set things for the children anymore. So my circumstances are very different and you know, so I don't mind going on holidays every year. I don't mind um, spending money on some nice clothes uh, or going and having lunch and things like that. I'm still, yeah. you know, for the last 34 years, still being going to the veggie bar on a Thursday night, virtually, not every night, not every Thursday, but um, so there's my $25. But no, I'll spend, probably paid off Daniel at Arcadia's mortgage um, <laughs> over the last four years that we've been here. Yeah. So, Arcadia's a local cafe. You mentioned earlier on how you are with allocating spending within the business. Yeah. Knowing that you're the business owner um, and the costs get paid before your wage does, mm. how does that affect your discretionary spending? Um, I suppose it's... Especially, it's, and I should add that you know, while we're in growth phase and we've we spent a lot of time, effort and, and literally money... Um, developing the resources in our back office that no one sees. Yeah. Um, how has maybe this year, how has that impacted your discretionary spending? And then Putting in general, the company. Yeah. how yeah, well, it... well, I suppose, I suppose to that, what you're saying there, Paul, is basically <coughs> I've had to loan the company money over, mm-hmm. the last, uh, <coughs> over the last three years. When I say loan the company money, it's basically all 
or profit that we've made rather than taking out as a fully franked dividend has, uh, has just gone and been reinvested into the business. So reinvested into yeah, the I, business. I reinvest into myself at about 11 a.m. p.m. <laughs> <laughs> and so I look from one savings account to the spending account and I said, look, I'll, I'll let him borrow that. And I'll <laughs> <laughs> but I'll give it back. <laughs> so similar, similar. Yes. Not quite. <laughs> Um, so I, I think from that aspect, you know, there, there are the fixed expenses like rent, but that's about to triple um, in March next year, our rent. Um, you know, we are taking on debt for the first time. I won't take on debt to pay wages, but we are taking on debt to buy two new businesses with a third business again next year as well, and on that comes new staff. So in saying that, and the amount of money we've re reinvested into our artificial intelligence and automated IT systems in here so that we can actually service clients. So that's an expense, but it's it's an upfront expense for a long-term gain. and. You know, so I've, I'm, I'm only 50, so I've still got at least 55 years of working life in me. <laughs> so, so, but and on that, I'll, I'll interject there. Retirement, I mean, we've got uh, with our, our, our partner office in Chicago, um, Eugene Lerner, who's 150 odd thousand years old. Who's 91, still, I think. <laughs> so, same. Yeah. Um, you get past a certain age and it's all the same. Um, like, I mean, we we promote the values of, of a good superannuation plan and a good retirement plan, but yeah, absolutely. you're not going to retire. Yeah. How am I going to, like, we're going to have to, like, throw you out of the 35th floor of the Rialto building one day when, we're when we acquire <laughs> that floor. Get him in the wheelchair, put him in the <laughs> elevator, ground floor. <laughs> um, but seriously, like... My insurance paid for me. up to date. In that regard, like... How do you then, and this is sort of going off on, on a tangent maybe, um, how do you manage your superannuation obligations and what does it mean to you as a business owner if your intention is to be self-employed for as long a period as possible? Because it's, it's your passion, it's what yeah. you do, and you'd probably go insane if you stopped. Yeah. I don't like paying tax. Yeah. Well, I certainly don't like paying more tax than I have to. So. If I can contribute 25000 a year into my super fund, uh, whether I'm going to retire or not, is, is I don't see that as actually being the point. Because uh, you're correct, you will have to, well, probably will me out of here in a coffin, uh, not actually in a wheelchair. But it's, no, I have no intentions of retiring. Eugene Lerner made a great point to Jamie when Jamie said to him, you know, Eugene, you're unbelievably successful. Um, you know, all the books, your clients, your business, your wealth, everything. You're 90 years old. Why do you still keep coming, you know, putting on your certain time, coming to the office every day? And he goes, well, what else am I going to do, die? <laughs> so it's, um, and it was his exact words. But, but, you know, he still gets up in the morning. He still goes for his swim. He puts on his suit and tie, goes into the office, chats to them, things like that. So I think at age 90, I won't necessarily be doing what I do today. Um, I'd like to think that physically I'd be capable of it and mentally, but mm. I, I doubt that that'll be the case. And you know, by that stage, Jamie's worked here for sixty years; he'll be a bit bored. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's. Um, but I think I think to answer your question, Paul, superannuation. Um, I'm not looking at my superannuation as my okay. I'm going to retire and now. Have to live off what I've saved in super. To me, superannuation is a great tax deduction on the way to achieving a great tax-free income. So, you know, if, if I'm, you know, 65 years old and there's 3.2 million sitting in our super funds and 
I can take a tax-free income from that rather than having 3.2 million in my name and to pay a taxable income. So for me, superannuation isn't about, my God, this has to last until the end of days. Uh, for me, it's a case of how much can I get in there to the maximum? Because why would I want to pay tax on something that I don't have to? So it's the, yeah, I, I wouldn't be good at my job if it wasn't the case of, you know, I, I can either pay tax on my income or legally not pay tax on my income. Well, I'll legally not pay tax on my income if, if that's okay. Well, so the ATO is not going to send you a thank you, thank you letter, as you always say. So correct. Nor, a, pay more than nor a Christmas card either. I've yeah. not even got a Christmas card from them. So, <laughs> so it's, um, we, we've all talked about our spending at different like stages of life, I yeah. guess. Um, but how do we deal, I guess, for you and Paul, Tony, how, how do you deal with your clients? And when those questions, I guess, they're coming in, we're helping them with their financial plan. And, it, and a good, big one that I wanted to sort of touch on was, uh, we've had clients that you know have had insurance payouts, uh, yeah. and, and everyone sort of asks the question, oh, you know, what do you first do? Go get an investment portfolio, buy a new house, and live off that. But I guess the first word of advice and financial advice we give them is go on a holiday. Get, a, get rid, of, get rid of your debts <laughs> and actually go on a holiday. Yeah, yeah. so actually, actually, get some something in your life because you've just gone through a very traumatic period. Yeah, um, so I guess it's that financial freedom that we talk. Well, it's, it's also, you know, you can't, if, if, if we'll say a trauma insurance claim, you can't have a physical recovery if you're still mentally, you haven't. Yeah. So you have to go and mentally recover as well. So I think that, um, you know, if, if someone gets told at a young age they've got cancer, it's one of the most horrific things you could ever hear from a personal uh, perspective. So I think it is a case of, yeah, get rid of your debts, go and go and hug your kids and your family and go on holiday. Yeah. Um, or if you've lost a loved one, the insurance was there for a reason. The insurance was there to pay off your debts, make sure the kids are still looked after, and for you to be able to still have an income to survive because you don't lose a partner on the Friday and go back to work on the Monday. Yeah. But the yeah. bills will still come in yeah. uh, and everything else. So that's why you have that. Yeah. But I think also from a budgeting and investment perspective, it doesn't matter whether you're a, you, know, you earn a million dollar salary as an executive of you know, a large organisation, um, or whether you're a you know a, a ten million dollar actor or sporting sensation as a client, or whether you are a you know fifty year old divorcee um, earning an income, everyone's budget is is similar. And what I mean by that is most people still spend up to their income, no matter what they earn. Is that fair, Paul? Yeah. Now, yeah. So, or somebody, somebody. I mean, I know Paul. You work for a company worth about ten million dollars. Their insurances for those two brothers for their buy sell agreement is about fifty thousand dollars. So, Each. yeah. So their insurance requirements are relevant to actually their wages, which means their spending is also relevant too. So, mm. so I think from that perspective, I certainly know I find, and you know, Paul. Well, we, we pretty much had the same approach. Well, for our clients, but you'd pretty much find that same when people spend what they earn. Um. Well, their savings capacity might be different dollar value, but on a percentage basis, there's not a lot of difference. No, yes, no, that's right. Uh, uh, no, I think, yes. Well, that was the classic. Classic I think the examples that all the examples of clients that I've, I've been dealing with in recent times, um, fortunately, they're in a position themselves where. They, they do have quite a bit of excess because they don't know what to spend it on um, or they're sending it to, to, to the ATO because they earn a significant amount of money um, and they just don't know how to position it effectively. Um, for me, 
in a particular client subset that is within my age or under the age of 45 years, the importance is planning for it and in planning for it to, to happen in the sense of making sure it happens through an effective insurance policy um, or insurance program. Um, to me, my personal views on superannuation for me is more of a self-protection strategy than it is um, a wealth accumulation vehicle at this stage of my life. Um, so I treat it that way. Um, and I think that's the same for, for, for a lot of accumulators. You don't wanna pay, continuously pay a, a lot of insurance premiums and they go up every year. Mm. Um, but your assets should be in, increasing every year as well. And if they're not, then any shortfall of, of, of something going wrong, if, if you do get diagnosed with a, a critical illness or condition, um, needs to be appropriate to what your lifestyle is. So. To me, I, I think that I've um, uh, almost lost track of where we're going with it, but it's it's a matter of more so protecting what I want to achieve myself now and then treating myself as a bill um, and, and paying my obligations towards my superannuation that way my wealth is growing over time. Whether I can afford to do that now, well, I've, I've got a growing family or um, it has to go on hold for a number of years. Mm. Uh, so. That's the importance of that, and that's what I sort of um, have seen in in the clients that I that I deal with, um, especially in their, when they're well in the accumulation phase, when they're in their late forties and early fifties, um, which has been been placed appropriately for them. I think, Paul, just to add to that and to add to your question, Jamie, sometimes unexpected things occur in yeah. life as well. So, as an example, I was. Um, only a few years older than Josh is today. Um, I was only a few years older than what Josh is today and pretty much what you're, or well, actually younger than what you are now. And I was told my life was going to uh, change because I was going to become a dad. And so, you know, I was, I had a, you know, a successful business at that stage, which was going quite well. But uh, one of the thought processes was, was, well, by the time I was always going to put my kids through private schools and, you know, so by the time I was 30, I was already paying $25,000 a year for grade three kinder. Uh, so it's... Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not worried about the fees then, I'm worried that he did three years of kinder. <laughs> <laughs> kinder. Grade three kinder, did he not get past kinder? <laughs> it was three years, wasn't it? <laughs> kinder was the best grade three years of my life. I said grade three kinder. <laughs> so it was... Uh, yeah, but grade five is the best three years of his life. So it's um, no, but, I, but I did always threaten him as well that if he failed a year, he was going to learn what hex was and, yeah. what, and uh, what he expected. But it's a lot of lemonade. But the thing was though, and then he, and then his brother decided to emerge in the world a couple of years later as well. So all of a sudden, my discretionary spending was fifty thousand dollars after tax money that I chose to. It was my choice yeah. to send them to that school, you know. And I was thankful uh, for a number of years that I did. Do that but the the basis of it is all of a sudden my discretionary spending you know the idea of just going and buying a brand new car every two years was a bit different where I was happy to now go and buy a car that had 8,000 kilometers on the clock for you know rather than brand new and a couple of years old and 
and saving, you know, about 40% of what its new purchase price was. It didn't have to be brand new anymore. Or I was happy to go to the Hugo Boss factory to buy a Hugo Boss suit rather than going and paying retail for Hugo Boss. So it was interesting that you, you, your life changes. And this was what Paul was saying. I was just a few years younger. Uh, you like when your life changes, and in our case, unexpectedly, there was that discretionary spending stopped very quickly. And that was because I chose to send the boys to a private school and I, I chose to still go on some holidays. So some of those holidays um, were just all of a sudden, you know, the trip to Bali or, yeah. you know, I think it was cheaper going to Bali than spending a weekend up in Mount Bula. Yeah. But it was, um, so I think sometimes those things, and as a 27 year old, I was also now responsible for another human life. And even though I was in the industry, all of a sudden, the only insurance I pretty much had at that stage was income protection. There was no trauma cover back there. Really? Yeah, no, there's no trauma cover. I was, ooh, it's only been about around for about 22 years. Oh. Yeah, so it's um, so it certainly in its infancy. But there was the other spending that all of a sudden came into it, which was compulsory spending, being my insurance premiums, yeah. uh, being his mum's insurance premiums. Uh, so just in case I did fall off the perch. I still wanted to make sure that what you know my wishes and goals were for the boys were still actually kept. So, so this is where you know these are the things that aren't necessarily considered. In in Paul's case, it was planned. In my case, it was you know a thrilling moment. So it was, uh, but the you know the, the outcome the outcome has actually been quite good. I mean, I was thrilled to have my kids. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I think we, I think we can wrap it up there. But, gentlemen, thank you. And, and I think it's just good to hear, you know, in different stages and, and the way that actually, you know, different people's thoughts are. You know, as you yeah. said, you enjoy fast cars and new cars, and I'm still driving a very old car, and I can't even think about updating. So, Jamie, so. what I will add though, from a uh, from a financial planner's perspective, this is the exact reason why it's important for everyone to note. There is no one client, there's no cookie cutter approach. Yep. No, there is no one client has everything the same. The, the idea that there's four people around a room, uh, we'll include Willard, we won't ignore him that he is here every week. Uh, so there's five people in the room here and if I was the financial planner for all of you, there would be four different plans and, uh, and, and, that are coming out there. And that's and something goals. that, yeah, absolutely different goals. And that's something that's really important. There's no cookie cutter approach of here's what it is and we squeeze everyone into that. Uh, box whether they should be in there or not and I think that's really important too. I do. So thank you very much guys. And You're welcome. Um, Thanks for having me. <laughs> thank you.